Hey, everybody. This is Chad. Thanks for stopping in. I uh, just want to let you know that we have uh, this week on the episode, Steve Gillespie. So funny. I mean, we've already done the episode. I've heard it. It's fantastic. This might be one of the only episodes I go back and listen to again. Uh, there's a story on here that had me dying. Also, um, I had to use my daughter's computer to record this. And so you should know something about me. I'm not willing to give up electronics until I bring it to the repair shop and they look at me like, nice try. So uh, it's, it's a very old computer. I sound like, I've been told I sound like I'm underwater, but this is all about Steve. So uh, enjoy uh, and that's it. Well, additionally, can I point out that we want you to go listen to all of Steve's stuff. He's got great albums. He's got yep. a good, good podcast. You'll hear about those during the show. And I don't want to make one of our guests episodes about a different guest, but close friend of the program and close friend of Chad and I's, Nate Abshire, has an album out. And it is so absolutely fantastic. We're both such huge fans of, of Nate's. I mean, he's open for both of us forever until he was too good and and people knew, uh, knew that he is difficult to follow and they 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 pushed him ahead <laughs> i actually after i heard the album i was like oh it looks like we're going to be opening for nate it's called coming in hot it's really really funny if you love that episode you're going to love it if you didn't remember that episode you're still going to love it listen to that listen to steve's stuff um the end Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Across from me, as not always, but consistently lately, is Cy Shave My Head Chauvin Amundsen. <laughs> it is good to be here, Chatty Daddy. Uh, I'm excited about today's guest. I'm excited about the pre-show meeting where you went from your regular life where you have to parent two children to this show where it feels like you have to parent two children. I'm excited. I can't wait to get in. <laughs> to what is about to happen. And I'm going to disagree with you because I was very childlike today. Forgot that uh, Apple products, what they love to do is they love to say, hey, buy something and then lose chargers at hotels. So buy a bunch more, but you won't need them because as soon as you buy a new product, we have different chargers. We're not even using USBs anymore, even though everything's USB. You have to buy a connector. And if you leave that in your suitcase in town and you're at your cabin, well, guess what? Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, the most ridiculous thing in the world. I would love to cram something that he doesn't want inside of Tim Cook's asshole and then make <laughs> some clever in the moment joke about it being the wrong port. Uh, <laughs> I would. Perfect. That would feel very good to me. That is absolutely perfect. Uh, I will tell you this. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do have a guest. We have three people here today. Uh, this is, uh, well, I'm just going to say, you, you, you may remember him from last week's episode. He was the gentleman that had to wait for me to take fake pictures on a hike. It's Steve <laughs> Gillespie. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Ladies of and gentlemen, Jet Steve Gillespie. Steve. Good to be in the middle of somewhere. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. I got a little, uh, a little life hack for you, Chad. Next time yeah. you forget stuff, you know that you can go to um, Best Buy, buy that stuff, and then you get a 30 days to return it. Interesting. So keep it. I've done this on the road so many times where I lost something, you know, my charger or whatever. I forgot it at home. Buy it. Use it for the week. Return it. When yeah, you get Chad, back. if you could just... I'll tell you a life hack. 
don't live somewhere that's over an hour to a Best Buy. <laughs> it's, it, would, it would be shorter for me to drive 40 minutes back to my house from the cabin than find any sort of Best Buy anywhere. All right. And, I, and the closest town has 800 people. And if you go, hey, what's a USB? And it's like, it's USA, son. <laughs> USA, B plus at the bottom, USB plus, bottom. <laughs> Oh, I am chatty. I am so excited to have St Steve is probably Steve. I would say you are my first friend in stand up comedy. Wow. The first and probably and that would also make you my oldest friend in stand up comedy. And you're one of only and two. And one of the, yeah, one of the only ones. <laughs> yeah, it's you. It's you two and Brooks Robinson. That's it. No one else enjoys me. That's uh, and not I, a bad. That's not a bad group. It's debatable. Mayberry enjoys you. So, I when I was, I never get, you know, when you start comedy, you really give a shit about the people who are above you, the people who you kind of look up to, their opinions. But for me, I never gave a flying fuck about anyone who was at my level's opinions, with the exception mm. of Steve and Brooks Robinson. I would say that Steve Chad sure. has a lot to do with who I am as a comedian, which is probably a good and bad thing. I was going to say, did he, what, did he put you in a suplex or something? <laughs> he actually, we did the road together, and he just slowly uh, poisoned me over the years, which is what's brought me to this point. Sure, uh, yeah, Steve, so, so Steve is uh, a headliner, but graciously agreed to um, go, go up before me when I was recording an album at Acme. Uh, and then I still I thank you for that. Um, we had no talked problem. about it on his his podcast, the Writer's Block podcast. That's right. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and so so thanks for that. But uh, yeah, I just then I went out to Denver, got a call, said, hey, we should go golfing. I said, I'm too lazy to bring my clubs. He said, how about a hike? I said, I don't know about that. <laughs> and we made it. Oh, you did great. It was fun. Red Rocks. When I I. I'm going to detour, like normal, the podcast for probably a half an hour before our guest gets a chance, because I want, I could tell you 10 million Steve stories. I'm going to try to tell you one, because when Steve and I started, uh, I, so we were both features at the same time on the road, doing Yoder clubs and stuff like that, and this is at a time if you are not familiar, there's a radio, a nationally syndicated radio show, primarily in the Midwest and the South, called Bob and Tom. Chad, you are a, I'm going to call you a Bob and Tom favorite. Would you like to explain to the people the, the width of their presence, especially uh, in the day? Yeah, I, um, so for starters, it, not only is it Midwest and the South, it is, it is in, I think, every country, but maybe like seven countries and oh, all the know. U.S. all the U.S. bases around the world. So, wow. so this is a um, this is a show that that has a reach. Absolutely, the first time I was ever on there, uh, Haywood Banks, uh, very funny comic, got me on, and then uh, it crashed my website because my <laughs> website was not used to wow. that much traffic. That was crazy. Since then, uh, Bob and Tom and uh, just Chick and Christy Lee, all, everybody on the show has been very, very nice to me, very supportive. I used to actually go down with the kids and stay at Bob's house. He has, a, he has like a whole city block in the middle of uh, the city that they're in. Wow. And 
I mean, to the point where it feels like you're in the woods because you can take four wheelers and then you get to the end of the trail and there's a traffic jam and you're like, oh, that didn't feel like I was going to ever see this. <laughs> but 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 their their reach really is uh, incredible. And it it was um, they are career makers for young guys. Yeah. And they and they, that is the big thing. They put young guys on and it changes their career. And I remember the first time I did Bob and Tom, I had relatives who were more impressed by that than mm. any they were like what but like the next week i could have been hey guys i'm starring in a movie with tom hanks and they would have said well you think that's enough to get you back on bob and tom <laughs> like yeah it was it just be like wrong deal. tom buddy we don't care <laughs> we love the grizz so i'm featuring in indianapolis and i can't remember who the headliner was but they just completely bailed on the weekend without telling it was a pretty big name I was supposed to feature the headliner bails. They made a smart decision. They didn't let me headline. They brought in the great Jeff Oske, who is now on yes. the Bob and Tom show. He is a contributor yep. to the program. Uh, but that night they go, he was supposed to, the headliner was supposed to do Bob and Tom the next morning. Will you do the show? And so way too early, I got a credit I didn't deserve which made Midwest bookers bump me up to a headliner when I had 23 minutes worth of material. Mm -hmm. And I made the dumb gutsy call to say, why don't I bring Steve on the road with me, who was <laughs> better than me as a comic. So us two dipshit features were just touring <laughs> around the Midwest. So some of my favorite memories in all of comedy are being on the road with Steve. And for those of you who like my album love sick in toledo <laughs> such a good name two things steve drove to toledo just to hang out and do guest sets that week and so in return his first album is called steve or fever let's mm -hmm. download that uh but i did name one of my tracks on that album steve or fever because i want to if, if people searched for your album i wanted them to find my album instead Smart, yeah <laughs> so this is a, such a, door. a long a long ways to tell this story we we did a ton of places together we're in a car a ton and then as my career started picking a couple things up and i think i'd gotten a manager at some point but i was able to get a week offered to me by the comedy attic in Bloomington, which Chad is, and, and Steve, it is a club that all comics want to play. Jared runs it. Yeah, it's a good club. Yep. It is, and it is very difficult to get into. Yes, it is. So I ask if I can, Steve, I tell Steve I'm in. He wants to get into it. He asks if I'll bring him. I go ask my manager, and they go, it's not really one of those places. You don't, you're a nobody. You don't get to bring somebody. I went back, and I told Steve, I was like, I'm a nobody. And you, Steve, you didn't beg, but you were like, dude, please. And yeah, so yeah. I, I pushed back, and, and, and you, you very specifically said to me, I will drive the entire way home. To me, <laughs> that is a big fucking deal, because there is nothing worse than 12 hours home from Lansing or some other shithole on oh, a man, Sunday. Oh, such a terrible drive, too. God, it's oh, such an awful drive. <clears throat> it is awful so i i push i push i push they finally accept they bring both of us down there 
I'm sure we disappointed audiences and management. <laughs> but like as often with my career, when I get into a cool club, there is something happening. Like, you know, if I get into Denver Comedy Works, you can bet your ass there's like an orgasm festival downtown where they're just <laughs> handing out orgasms for free and no one, no one's coming to the comedy show. So it is... It is Indiana versus Kentucky, the basketball game. They don't even play it anymore, but at this point it was an early season game every year, and it is a huge, huge deal. Kentucky was rated number one in the country, and Indiana was completely unranked. So the Saturday before the show, my buddy Pat Burner goes to IU. I go to the big bar on campus there. I watch, and it ends up being one of the most iconic moments in Indiana school history, Christian Wofford hits a buzzer beater three to beat the hated number one team in the nation. And this <laughs> campus goes fucking ballistic. And I, I sunk into it. I mean, I was up on a bar stool leading the Indiana <laughs> fight song before our shows. And sober too, completely sober. Uh, <laughs> just... So acting like you had about 14 beers, but completely sober. <clears throat> so we do the first show. We go out to party in between shows and you can see Steve starting to rile up like he's looking around kind of like a kid in a candy store. But he has to keep it together because we have one more professional show. We go do the next show. We come out and Steve is starting to light up. There's booze going into him. There's shit talking coming out of him. We had made a very sturdy deal that we were leaving 8 a.m. Sunday morning. Driving home. So it's, it's about 12.45, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I go, Steve, and we're sharing a hotel. That was the room. That Time was out. The... How'd the show go? How'd the show go? How'd oh, the show go? Horrible. Eight people yeah, I there. Just, I, I knew it. I just wanted you to say it out loud for the record. <laughs> so, I think you interrupted me on stage and one of. I think you like started fucking with me. I was on. That's how bad the show was. He was like, "I'm in the middle of my set," and he's like talking in the back of the room at me. <laughs> well, you know, in the show's defense, it's not like people are like, "I can't believe we beat Kentucky." Thank God we have these comedy attic tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. I look at Steve at 12.45, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I go, Steve, I'm going back to the room. We're sharing a room. That was part of the deal. I go, I'm going back to the room. we got to leave early. Are you coming with me, or are you staying? And you got to understand, we are, here's who are, we are hanging out with. We are sort of hanging out with the host from our weekend, and we are tangentially near a group of people that wouldn't be allowed in a pawn shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking women with multicolored streaks in their hair that I promise you call themselves baby girl. Sketchy men. We are not in a good situation. And Steve does that thing where he looks at me and then looks at them. And then he looks at me and then he looks at them and he goes, I'm going to stay. Because, <laughs> Steve, this was during the day where you had no problem just being out by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, absolutely. Getting in cars with random people, just doing all kinds. Yeah, just, just take, going wherever the universe takes me. That's a nice way to put it. 
So I go back, I go to bed, I expect Steve to come back a few hours later. He does come back, he knocks the door open, I assume he's here to sleep. He is not. He is Elmer Fudd exaggeratedly tippy-toeing through the room. <laughs> and he, oh, thinks, roommate. he thinks he's whispering, but he's loudly saying over and over, I'll just be a second, I'll just be a second, I'll just be a second. Goes into his book bag, takes something out of his book bag that I am not sure it's what it I to this day. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know that I want to know. I hope it's an envelope that was filled with $500 and on the outside it was just written for hookers only. <laughs> just carrying that around everywhere I go. What, what, what was the hooker's name? Oh, she called herself the universe. <laughs> <laughs> so then... He tries to tippy-toe back out and crashes into, like, the wall or the door on a level that I was like, well, I guess might as well go with him. I'm awake now. <laughs> I fall back asleep. I wake up in the morning to, I'm presuming to find Steve near dead in the bed next to me. He's nowhere to be found. So I pack all my shit up. I go, you know, I'm basically like a Mormon right now. You know, I'm on my mission. I'm just like, well, I'll get my book bag and go down and have my breakfast so I can knock out of doors. So I'm sitting in the lobby at about 7.45 in the morning. We're supposed to leave in 15 minutes. I'm eating a continental breakfast, and the tables face the door. And all of a sudden, the doors clink open, and Steve comes stumbling into the hotel you know how cartoon characters, when there's a pie in front of them, their mm -hmm. head is leading their body? It was like that, but his feet were stumbling behind him. And everybody <laughs> in the lobby just turned, and they were like, what? This, we're going to check out. We'd like to check out right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> he goes up, gets his stuff, comes back downstairs, sees me is able to completely pretend that I didn't see him just stumble in. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, great, I'm ready to go. This is going to be great. <laughs> I, go, I go, you remember that deal where I got you in here, so you're going to drive the whole way home? He goes, totally. You just got to give me 20, 30 minutes. If you can drive the first 20, 30 and stop at a gas station, we will be in great shape. <laughs> and he got in the car. And he laid his seat all the way back, rolled his windows down, put one of his feet near the exterior of the window, and moaned for seven straight hours. I did drive. I remember that. I got in the driver's seat, and I lasted about 20 minutes, and then yeah. I had to pull over, and I had to. I was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. You were pissed. Oh, that's so great. But we're still friends. We've, I love hey. that you were. I love that you were moaning because the universe loved Strap On. <laughs> it's funny about that night is that I did end up going home, you know, to another lady's place that night, and uh, you know, you were there was a plan to you know get down, have some fun, and uh, all I remember is getting into her apartment, and I was there for about twenty minutes, and then I threw up like on her <laughs> living room floor, and she's like man really <laughs> i'm so glad you said living room floor because you paused after her and i was like this is not good. yeah yeah and then so she just like put a garbage can out went into her room and she was just like just leave whenever you're ready to leave <laughs> you know what that's a college town yes it's a college town. i'm gonna give you the barf bucket yeah. you take off whenever you want and you're about to hear 
three deadbolt locks on a bedroom door. <laughs> click, click, click. Uh, what a night. Well, now, now that I've uh, ruined the show by making myself the center of it for 40 minutes to start, I think 40 that's minutes. A- Why don't you try 112 episodes? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do think that's a good transition, Steve. I need you. You have my favorite story in all of maybe human history. And I, that's, I'm, oh, un, it's, un, it's unfair to hype it that way, but I just personally love it so much. And it involves you drinking and Las Vegas. And yeah. please yeah. tell Chad and the humans who listen to this show. Well, that, this, this story is like, we got to set the time period of this story. It, it was a time in my life, you know, even it was kind of around, around the same time. It was obsessed. right after Indiana. Was it really? Okay. No, so, I yeah, mean, it could just, have been. Yeah, it was a, it's a time in my life where, I mean, we're just too young, too immature, shouldn't have been on the road probably with that, you know, outlook of life, just, dan- just doing dangerous things, just not, really what it was is the invincibility of being young and just thinking that your actions don't have consequences. That's really, and that's why this story is so great is because it was the moment in my life when I realized that, oh, that's not how this is. Your actions do have consequences. So this was a key moment in my life. It was very much a, uh, I've I've grown a lot since, but this is where it starts is uh, in Las Vegas. And um, it's seven in the morning. 7 a.m. in the morning, and uh, I had been up for three straight days. I hadn't slept. Um, just oh, doing... my Lord. I, I just I got to jump in, and I just want to remind the listeners to get excited because the longer the preface, the, the better. better the shit show. <laughs> so I just wanted to, th- I just I wanted so. to remind them so they I can so. put their coffee down, they can pull over, whatever they need to do to dial it in. <laughs> so it's 7 a.m. It's Monday morning on a 7 a.m. in Las Vegas, and I've been up for three straight days. And I found myself in the uh, hallway of the hotel that I was staying in. I was in just my underwear, and I was pounding <laughs> on my on my brother. My brother had his own hotel room, so I've been pounding on my brother's hotel room door to try to get him up. I'm also down about six thousand dollars. Of my brother's money at that point. Um, oh boy! Yeah, it is a really crazy, crazy weekend. And I've so always, trying... just as a side note, I've always respected your brother so much for allowing that to happen. Because if I lost eighty dollars <laughs> of Greg's money, he would hit me with a baseball bat. <laughs> so I want you to know that if that was the end of the story, it was worth it. <laughs> Just the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So I'm uh I'm pounding on my brother's door. He opens the door. He takes one look at me and he's like, "You're done." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm done. I need some more money. I'm gonna go on a run." I got you know I was ready. And uh, he's like, "Well, you you won't stop partying. You won't stop gambling. You're done." I actually he's like, "I'm calling you a cab right now. You're going to the airport." And I'm like, I'm gonna stop him. I'm like, my air, my flight's not till one o'clock. What are you talking about? Like, what are you, what are you talking? He's like, "No, I'm. You're done. You're and he's like forcing me to get my stuff." And uh, I had to listen to him because I had lost $6,000 of his money. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I grabbed my luggage and, uh, and he's my older brother and he's, you know, he can be intimidating at times. So it really was like, I, it was kind of a scared straight moment in, in that, in its, uh, in its self. I was, I was kind of scared of him. So I get my, hey, I get my luggage. I don't want to be uh, t-, t spoiler alert, a scared straight moment that lasted for literally one moment. About 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so I grab my luggage 
And uh, I go down to get in the cab. Now, I don't know if you know this, Chad, if you've been in Vegas much, but cab drivers in Vegas, they're like, uh, they're like prophets, right? They just like wander around the desert looking for lost souls to just <laughs> yep. take to strip clubs. That's really all they're trying to do because they get kickbacks, you know? So I get in this cab and the cab driver's like, what time's your flight? And I said, like, oh, it's one. It's not till one. And he's like, he's like, he lights up, you know, he's like, not till one. You got plenty of time. And I was like, time for what? You know? And he, and he goes, well, the strip club, obviously. And, and I, and I was like, Steve Gillespie starring with his older brother in scared crooked. <laughs> yeah. So it's really the, the, uh, cab driver's fault at this point, you know, cause I'm all alone. So he's really, oh, here we go. <laughs> he's really steering me the wrong way. So he's like, you should go to the strip club. And I, and I was like, you know, I looked at my watch or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, I probably do got time for that. So, <laughs> it takes me to the strip club and I have all my luggage and it, and it, and apparently I didn't know this until that morning. You can just take your luggage right into a strip club. Did you know that Chad? <laughs> you can roll your bags of luggage into a strip, into a place where people take off their clothes. And so I get in there, I get in the strip club. It's 7am. I, I get in there and I, I sit down in a nice little, uh, uh, couch area and a nice stripper lady comes up to me. She takes one look at me and she goes, Jesus, are you okay? <laughs> that's, that's what a stripper said to me working the 7 a.m. Monday morning shift. She <laughs> asked if I was okay. And, <laughs> she goes, and, she, and then she's like, right. Like she sees me and she just sees, you know, she just knows there's got to be money in there somewhere, right? And uh, so she's like, let's do shots. And I, I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we're doing shots. We're having a good time. And then I, I still kind of remember like the last shot, like I take a shot and then it's just boom. I just black out. I don't remember. I don't remember leaving the strip club. I don't remember. I don't remember getting and getting going anywhere. Next thing I know, I'm coming through the blackout and I'm sitting on the airplane in my seat. So somehow, somehow, oh I, my yeah, Lord. somehow I stumbled through ticketing security the gate <laughs> onto the plane just like covered in titty glitter nobody stopped me and i knew i went through security my belt was gone like i didn't have my belt anymore like it was crazy so i'm like looking around on the plane i'm like whoa you know trying to like orient myself and then uh and then all of a sudden the the flight attendant comes over to where my like area is like our row and she she kind of points to the people around me and she's like is everything calmed down now and this guy oh, no. who I'm sitting next to kind of like, you know, like motions towards me. And he's like, yeah, he's quieted down a bit. And I was like, what? You know, in my head, I'm like, what's happening? You know, like, who knows the crazy shit that's been coming out of my mouth? Uh, the flight attendant looks at me at that point. And she's like, is everything going to be OK, sir? And then at that point, my I had that voice in my head that was like, you're fine, dude. You're fine. You're not that fucked up. You're good. You get through this. And I just. You know, I just looked at her. I was like, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And she's like, okay, let's keep it that way. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And uh, so then we start, you know, we, the plane starts to go and starts to go up. And we're probably in the air for about a half hour. And, I, you know, when you fly, you get really dehydrated. It's something that happens to you. So my body, and that's just when everything, the whole weekend. Everything also, I, also, when you when you do shots for three straight days and don't sleep, also <laughs> dehydration sets in. Yeah, so I don't know if a, we're going to blame it on the airplane going point. higher. Yeah, that's a good point. Do whatever you need to do. <laughs> so 
as we're, you know, th- that's when everything hits me, you know, all this shit I did to myself all week. And, uh, I start, my body just starts like shutting down my, my body. I can feel my hands start like curling up into my, I can't like control my hands, my jaw locks. There's like drool coming off the side of my face, you know, it's bad. And I look over at the guy next to me. He looks at me and he's like, Jesus, man. And he just starts hitting the button, you know, the flight attendant button. And like, I mean, it's it, the flight attendant comes running down, you know, she takes one look at me and I'm trying to like tell her that I'm okay. Everything's fine. I just need some water. But like all that's coming out is just like groans and moans, you know, and uh, before she could say anything else, we all just hear this rumble in my stomach. And I just start, I mean, I don't know if you've ever like, and I, I'm like, I'm like just trying to like grab something. I'm going to puke. Right. And so I'm trying to like hook something with my hands to like get the, the puke. But all I can grab is the Sky Mall magazine. That's the only thing that I could get. So I like hold a Sky Mall <laughs> and I just scream puke into a Sky Mall magazine. Just, just projectile. <laughs> just start throwing up i mean everywhere they had to like i mean they were like clearing people out of their rows i was puking so much there was like puke up on like the rafter thing like some some poor guy had like puke just like down the side oh, of his no. <laughs> it was awful they like they like pulled over a, uh they got like a doctor that was on the airplane you know and they put they brought him over and sat next to me and they, he's like rubbing my back he was like you gotta stop puking man you're gonna make me puke you know and uh it was doctor's advice was if you could stop puking so i don't puke that's yeah awesome. yeah and uh and then we hear on the intercom we hear the pilot you know all of a sudden you're the uh, ladies and gentlemen we're gonna be making an emergency landing in denver colorado we have a passenger let's have it on and in my head i'm like is everybody all right you know what i mean i was like worried about <laughs> other people um <laughs> And then, so now we're starting to, we're starting to come down, you know, like they're, and I'm, that's when it really starts to hit me. Like, holy shit. Like, what did I, have I done? You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like looking around at disappointed faces, people very upset with me. And, uh, I was like, man, I've just like ruined people's vacation. And like, I could like, this is terrible. You know, like how much is this going to cost me? And I started to feel really bad about myself and really started to realize like, man, this is, I need to get my shit together, you know? And, uh, and we, we get down we land and and then the paramedics start coming onto the plane and this by the way is sun country was the airline and they don't have a hub in denver right so they're landing a plane where they don't have a hub they're just on the runway so they just they drive an ambulance up on <laughs> runway so they have paramedics come onto the plane the police are on the plane right so the, and i see the stretcher and, I, and in my head i'm like nah i'm not even gonna, i'm gonna walk off this plane alone i did this to myself i'm gonna you know i'm gonna i don't need the bed or whatever and, the, and the, they bring the stretcher down and i say to the police officer i'm like you know i think i can i think i can just walk off on my own and the police officer goes he just looks at me and he goes yeah well when you get kicked off an airplane we strap you to a bed and <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and i was like it was my first time and uh so they they get me in this bed and they start wheeling me down so now the people that that i like threw up all over right they're they're pissed they know that i was fucked up they i'm in the way back of the plane so they know i'm all like messed up they they get it so they're pissed but as i go like through the middle of the plane and the front of the plane it's kind of like that that telephone game right where like by the time the people in the front of the plane hear what's going on in their heads. They just see like a sick kid who's like dying of cancer and just trying to get home to his parents before, you know, he just takes his last breath. That's like the, what they're seeing. So as I'm getting 
wheeled up <laughs> down the aisle. People in the middle and the front of the plane start standing up and applauding like they're. <laughs> And I just leaned back and I just gave everybody one of these, you know. <laughs> the old thumbs up. He gave him, That's so he gave him the football player. I'm going to yeah, be okay. Just, just like a football player getting carted off the field. Yeah, it was. I got a standing ovation. Unreal. And I have a. That's so fantastic. I have a follow up <laughs> question that you kind of alluded to because it's my favorite story and I already know the answer to this question. I but hope Steve, I didn't butcher it. I haven't told it in a while. So. Oh, no, it was perfect. Steve, when you, when you force a mm-hmm. plane to land because of a medical emergency, are they pretty chill about that financially? <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't, they didn't because of, of what? uh transpired as far as how you know it wasn't like i had a heart attack or something it was kind of self-inflicted um no it was very expensive yeah and like i said <laughs> sun country didn't have a hub so that, i mean you know it was a nightmare yeah a nightmare five figures five figures it was over 10 grand yeah yep because you gotta plus you gotta figure grand, you lost uh, your brothers plus the two grand at the strip club you're up there that was an expensive oh, vegas yeah. weekend yeah if you're counting that too shit yeah we're probably up over 15 um yeah, I mean, because you got to figure in an ambulance ride. Uh, I spent the night in the hospital. Um, you know, I didn't have health insurance. So, yeah. But I got to be honest, though, that was kind of a turning point for me. I, I really like it kind of locked me in as far as like, OK, you got to kind of it's time to calm it down a little bit. <laughs> the funniest thing of that story for me is when you ended it with. I didn't have health insurance. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> we, we could tell by every other decision that led you to that last line. We know you don't have <laughs> Yeah, you might as well have been like, and you're not going to believe this, I had jean shorts on. No, come on, really? <laughs> Turns out we do believe it. <laughs> yeah. After that point, you did, because uh, I remember that, you're right, you did make a pretty hard you know, it's not like you never drank anymore, but your, let's call them your wanderer, your strangler days, yeah, kind of, yeah. you kind of veered, and you dove heavier into gambling, which was a real asset for me, because I have a <laughs> severe gambling problem, so I really liked that, personally, but it yeah, did. Yeah, you gotta feed the monkey. Yeah, you did go, it did turn you a different direction, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I still, you know, I still drink a little bit but not like that and i don't yeah i don't just like want because like that's what i would do i would like for three days i would just get hammered and and just wander around vegas just getting into all <laughs> just talking to people i shouldn't be talking to or just i like how you just said i still drink but not like that as if that le- like <laughs> what if you're like three years later i'm on a uh, a Delta flight, and you're not gonna fucking believe it. Like, <laughs> like you made it seem like the guy was like, "Yeah, you know, I used to drink too much, and then one time I drunk and crashed my motorbike, so I don't really drink quite like that anymore." <laughs> I just picture you on the plane, looking at the doctor, going, "I think I'm turning a corner," and he goes, "Nope, that's just us banking hard left to get to Denver, you piece of shit." <laughs> Uh, dude, that, that is one of the best stories I've ever heard. The whole thing, start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, I, you know, we the listeners know that we have the guests send us a list. So I just need to ask uh, Hay Bales here for a second. Sai, why are you interrupting this? Well, just because I want to tell the listeners who are going to. Steve was very he's like, do you think we? I wanted him to tell that story first, 
which is not a fair thing to do because it's the greatest story of all time. And now he's got to it fall. Is so good. Now he's got, it's like doing your closer <laughs> to open your act and then do the rest of your material. And, I, and I'm excited for the other stuff, but I will take the heat for forcing that into this show. That was a sigh push. Well, we got. We'll just step it up. We made you bury yourself on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I've been buried before. It's no big deal. <clears throat> That's funny. As the uh, so listeners know, we asked we ask our guests for a list, and uh, and it's always hard to get into these things. So, hey, Bales, can you just add one more mic, just just quickly? We have a, we have a, another guest here. Hey everybody, I'm back. It's Moose in the Morning. How are you guys? It's Monday, fun day. It's a live time. Let's get to the drive time. I'm uh, actually guest hosting on a cowboy radio station, WTAT today, 105.7. That was Brad Paisley and Allison Krauss was Whiskey Lullaby. I gave my kid a Whiskey Lullaby by rubbing a little bourbon on her gums when she was little to get her to go to sleep. Oh, haven't seen her in 16 years. Love you if you're listening. We have Steve Gillespie in the hot seat. He's in the hot seat. Steve, that's a great story about the, uh, the, you know, you being crazy on that airplane. You ever attracted any other crazy people? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Moose. It's nice to get loose on the moose with the moose. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, uh, I always. Uh, uh, well played. Well played. I always. I've been. My side can attest to this. I attract crazy people. He's been on the road with me. Like anyone that's ever really likes my comedy is usually like has like an eye patch and a rat tail or something, you know, and they're just like. <laughs> I've never, and he's, you, people exaggerate when they say stuff like this. It's the most accurate thing anyone has ever said on our show. And this explains why Cy is such a huge fan. <laughs> we would do a show for, like, we're in Moorhead, which is a big college town. We would do a show for 250 people, 200 of them college kids, 48 of them, like, young couples, and then two people in like Dragon Ball Z t-shirts <laughs> and Crocs carrying like a fishing net with like a baby wolf in it. And they walk up and like, Steve, you're the best fucking comic I have ever seen. Like if, if you are bananas bonkers, Steve is your guy. <laughs> it's true. Oh, so it's not, and it's not always friendly. You know what I mean? I get a lot of friendly people, but I just in my like, my just regular life i just attract i don't know what it is my whole life's been that way like i remember when i was a kid there was like this bus driver that was really nice to me and i'm like ah, this guy's cool or whatever and then it just turned out he was like diddling kids or whatever but <laughs> it's just like that kind of shit always and it, a, a recent thing happened to me this happened right before the um pandemic i was in vegas and uh oh, no <laughs> I, well yeah i was behaving myself i was doing you know i was doing a week of shows so i had to keep it together but i and I was just walking through this casino by myself. And, and uh, all of a sudden, I was like walking through like the sports book area. All of a sudden, this random dude just ups and just kicks me in the back, like hard. Just like kicks me <laughs> in the back hard. And like, I'm a very empathetic person. But that's like when your fight or flight is supposed to turn on, right? That's when you're like, you know what I mean? Like right. caveman yeah. instinct. Comes out. I turned around and I apologized to the guy. That's what I did. I go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And <laughs> he was, he was just confused. He was confused. And, and then I, and then I was like, you can't be, con you know, I was like, you're, you're not the one that gets to be confused here. You kicked me. And uh, he, he just kicked me again, just face to face, just ups and kicks me 
again. And all I could come up with is, are you okay? Like I asked the dude if he was okay. And then after the third time that he kicked me, I was like, I got, I got to go. Uh, so yeah, I just, ended up, <laughs> I just like walked away from a guy, just a strange dude, just kicking me three times. Um, and then, so then I go, I like, I find that I go up to the sports book guy and then I'm like, man, I don't know what, I don't know if I should even, I don't know. This guy's kicking me. I don't, and the guy just looks at me like, what are you talking about? Like, the guy over there, he's, I don't know. I don't want to like tell on anybody, but this guy's like just seemingly kip, kicking random strangers. And then, <laughs> then they call, they call this like the security guy over and then I, I tell him and he goes, the security guy just goes, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, make him stop kicking me. Yeah. I was like, this guy could be dangerous. I don't know. And then, so he's like, all right, we'll go look. He was like pissed. The security guard he like had to go do something. Uh, so he's like, all right, we'll go look at the, the footage or whatever. I'm like, okay. So they go like 10 minutes go by. He comes back. He's like, yeah, that guy was kicking you. Like, okay. Yeah. I wasn't making it up. And, uh, so then all of a sudden there's like four cops and, uh, and then, so I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus. So the four cops, they're like surround this guy. And now he's like clearly drunk, like more drunk than I even thought he was. Um, and then they, they're like, kind of walk him away. They're trying to walk him away. He's trying like, he's kind of arguing with them. He's, he's kind of like not really listening, but he's still kind of moving in the same direction that they're trying to get him to go, you know, get out of the casino. And all of a sudden, he just dips his shoulder and just shoulders one of the police officers like hard. And then, of course, it's just chaos. There's like, you know, four cops on this guy. And I was like, oh, man, what? I like felt bad. I was like, what did I do? You know, I should have just left this guy. I mean, not me. Yeah, I'd have walked right up to him while the cops were holding him down and kicked him in his fucking degenerate back. <laughs> it was crazy, though. It's just like how I mean, just what a like a weird thing, like random coincidence universe thing of just like I was just in that moment at that time. And this guy's like just saw me. He's like, I'm going to kick this fucking kid. It was weird. I'm going to guess how this started. It started with. uh his wife going, wait a minute. So you just come to Vegas and you bet on sports. That's where all this money is going. I bet you don't even take karate classes. <laughs> and then he was like, and then he was like, hang tight, little woman. I'm about to show you some. And then roundhouse kicked you in the back. <laughs> That's so great. And he was sitting down when he kicked me too. That was, it was crazy. He was sitting like I walked past his table and he was just like God. <laughs> oh my god and i don't know if maybe he was betting on because like the one of the football games it was that crazy game a couple years ago between the rams and the uh, chiefs when i was like i don't know 50 to 50 yeah 50, yeah it was like an insane game so i don't know if he just losing money who knows i like I like, I like the buried point here is that if he kicked you from sitting down why don't you just go to a, you you had to have walked back by him again no, because I mean the it's not kind of a big the, wide open. So the first kick was sitting, and then it was it was more of an assault after that. All three kicks, he was sitting down. The, <laughs> the first one was in the back. Uh, the last two was face to face, me being confused and asking him if he was okay. 
as you kick. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine someone asking you if you're okay, and you're like, "Ah, I've got to kick you. I got to kick this." Fucking- <laughs> what What I actually can't imagine is someone getting kicked once from someone sitting down, and then getting close enough to get kicked again while they're still sitting down. <laughs> Point. I mean, just look at his leg and measure that thing with your yeah, head. I just stood distance. there. I just stood there. I, I was just so <laughs> shocked that what was going on. You know. I understand a level oh of God. curiosity, though. Because and, and, and with somebody like Steve, who has this magnet for this sort of behavior, <laughs> I can't like you and I, Chad, aren't in that. Like I've been in that situation once or twice. I was outside the Staples Center in uh, probably this is pre-Sia's dying years. So this is probably 2014 or something. And this a guy ass, ass kicking years for you. Yep, this, I'm busy kicking people in their back just because they're in the same <laughs> casino as me. <laughs> and two guys rip up next to me on the curb, and one of them leans out of the car and goes, can I suck your dick? And I was like, I, I don't think so, man. And then he just asked again, come on, can I suck your dick? And then I started apologizing to him. And I might have had a three-minute conversation debating whether or not this psychopath who just tried to street suck my dick was going to be allowed (laughs) to street suck my dick. So I'm not going to criticize you for not moving away from the kicks. I had a whole city to escape to. I could have walked to all of Los Angeles. You were in a tiny casino area. Yeah, yeah. I was was running once uh, on the, the beach boulevard, that little whatever it is, that tarred track on Venice Beach. Mm. And then I stopped into the bathroom and same thing. Guy got real close to my face and he was like, hey man, can I give you a blowjob? And I was like, nope. And he goes, why not? And I go, because right now your breath smells amazing and I've been running and this is not going to help your situation. That's what I told him. And he just kind of looked at me like, okay. I mean, it was such a logical explanation. You were doing like, him a yeah, favor. That makes sense. I guess I'll just ask the next guy. Yeah, you did him a favor. That's why you're yeah. so unlikable. Absolutely. You're so clever in the moment. All I did was tell the guy sorry that he couldn't suck my dick, and here you are <laughs> ripping off TV-ready TV ready lines. No, his breath smelled like Skittles. I'm telling you, I legitimately didn't want to ruin it because I wanted him to close, keep huh? talking to me. Well, that was probably yeah, was very close, like right up. part of the ploy. He, I, I'm sure a lot of people take it different <laughs> than you. They're like, well, I mean, I'm not going to let this Skittle breath go to waste here. I've it never... actually made me wonder how long he'd been watching me because he was like, this guy loves Skittles. Watch this. <laughs> I've, been, I've seen him just bury a shareable bag of Skittles by himself. Uh. <laughs> what about uh, any other any other crazy happenings? I mean, you you have you carry your crazy card well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is even happening in my neighborhood. I mean, we kind of might step on it a little here just from what we just talked about. But we, there's a. Even in my neighborhood, like I like every there's a guy. I live in an urban area, you know, and and certain elements come with that. And uh, I there's a guy in my neighborhood who has been. I've been getting bullied by a homeless person in my neighborhood for <laughs> like every time. Like this guy, this guy will like yell across the street, you know, at me. This is a guy who everything he owns is in like a garbage bag, is making me take the long way home, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. every time this guy sees me he yells at me 
from like across the street that I look like I suck dick like a white bitch. That's what this guy <laughs> will yell at me. And I feel bad for the language. You know, I'm sure you guys have a lot of white bitches that listen to this, but um, so many. <laughs> we've got we've got two of them on the show. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, well done, Cyrus. Uh, but yeah, and I don't, I mean, that's just such a weird thing to be yelling at strangers, but I mean, it's like, you can't, what can you do in that situation? You know what I mean? Like the guy, I like, mean, like, listen. you just have to take it. Cause like the guy's, li- he lives outside. Like, I, I, I feel bad. For I him. disagree with taking it. I disagree with taking it. What I like to do is open my door and then slowly close it as I'm looking at him. <laughs> just thinking like, this is one thing you're, you can't do. And, and I have a lot of empathy for the homeless, yeah. but not when they're not when they're turning it into a Comedy Central roast. Yeah, I yeah. I could not agree with that more. I will. I everything about that guy's situation. I can help, root for, empathize. Whatever you need me to do, I want to be a good person for that guy until he starts cutting me down. When you cut yeah. me down, yeah. it's time for war. Let's go to war. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's it's one of the few times when no one would blame you for pranking a homeless person but i got it i will also say i will also say that's i think if you cross that line you might not be thrilled with the situation you find yourself in because that's a you know i don't know that you want to go to war with somebody who has nothing to lose yeah that's a good yeah Yeah. that's a a good way to look at that yeah that's true it's crazy man i don't know it's just this kind of stuff happens to me a lot chad just said that's true like he agrees with it and i've been at sporting events and walked around the city with him there's no way he actually agrees with that (laughs) i don't even know what i agreed with i wasn't even listening there's there is no back down in you yeah (laughs) that homeless person if that homeless person talked shit to chad and he did that open the door cocky thing and they pulled out two machetes and start spinning them he would just get cockier and funnier and meaner (laughs) i I like to think so but i i I do love a good machete show as well so yeah hey everybody moose is back we got steve gillespie in the hot seat that was uh moose with the moose oh Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks. Hey, I got friends in low places. They're my nuts. What's up? Steve Gillespie in the hot seat. Hey, Steve, uh, speaking of nuts, we've been talking about crazy stuff. Hey, uh, you got a girlfriend? (laughs) I'm so glad you asked, Moose. Um, I just happened to have something prepared about my girlfriend. Uh, Well, you know what? I I thought you might. I'm very good at guessing what people want to talk about. um yeah man i uh i do have a girlfriend and it's been fun you guys are all you guys all have ladies you know and it's been a quarantine's been a lot of fun get to really dig in and really (laughs) get to know each other just just wait just this isn't going to be on video maybe this clip will i don't know but when you said you really get to dig in your face got super close to your camera and your jaw locked way over on where it wasn't supposed to be (laughs) um yeah so yeah and i'm learning here's one thing i'm learning i'm learning that i gotta stop asking what's wrong i think that's a really key thing in a relationship mainly because i don't have any solutions so like when i ask what's wrong you know what i mean i ask what's wrong and then she tells me uh, i've never been like oh yeah i can totally fix that that's never happened (laughs) once i'm like i'm like the world's worst first responder that's what i'm like like i show up and you're having a heart attack i'm like ah just give you some space 
And <laughs> so, yeah. But another thing, she's learning a lot about me, though. She, uh, she, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. And maybe she's right after these last stories I've told you. But she, uh, she, she called me a beta male um, to my face. That's a thing that happened to me. Is that something that your ladies have ever told you guys before? To my face, she said that I was a beta male. <laughs> Which, in her defense, that is where you tell beta males things. You say it right to their faces. Uh, <laughs> you sure do. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, that is uh, exactly while making eye contact until yeah. they look away. <laughs> so this is what happened. We, we were in bed together, and this is the story part of it. Um, this, this is when she called me a beta male. She worst, we were in bed. worst we, place we were to have this happen. Worst place. Yeah. Well, we were sleeping. We weren't, I get in there. I tear it up, but we, we were asleep <laughs> and, uh, we both, we both woke up to the sound of the shower running in our apartment. The shower's running and that that's, you know, it's like two in the morning. Our shower's running. We're in bed. That's unsettling. And, uh, we're like looking at each other, you know, I'm, I'm looking at her like, you know, like, what are you going to do about this? You know what I mean? Like, what's, what's your plan? <laughs> to fix this she's like you're not gonna go in there I'm like no i'm not going in there i'm on the outside part of the bed you know what i mean we, they pick a side of the bed when you first moved in she picked the side by the door that's like yep. choosing the emergency exit row on an airplane like if something goes down you know you're gonna be in charge so uh <laughs> she's like what if there's a guy in there i'm like oh that's the other reason i'm not gonna go in there <laughs> do you want me to get him a fresh towel uh so <laughs> Then she, that's when she pulled out the line, you know, she's like, you're such a beta male. And I was like, oh, fine. Let's both go in there. <laughs> Nobody was in there, by the way. No one was in there. Thank God. What, Nobody was in there. It wasn't even was, in a shower. Okay. The people, the, yeah, the people above us were showering. And it was part just, of me was hoping you were going to walk out of your room and see a uh, plastic garbage bag full of clothes. <laughs> He's just in my just house, dude, like, taking a shower. Turns out I can close a door, bitch. <laughs> no, man, it was just the people above us. They were showering and it was going through our ceiling into Do our shower. You think it's so, bad just now? Just poverty. Nice. Yeah, it was just poverty. That's all it was. You think, it's, you think it's bad now, Steve? Just wait until you actually marry her and she starts calling Jenna's dad to ask him how to do simple household tasks. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys, I feel like Chad's a kind of a manly guy. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you can do stuff around the house. Is that true? I can, I can find my way around a place, yes. Yeah. Sort of right. man who broke his tailbone drywalling. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. My, how did that, how did that happen? I, did you fall? I, I just was, yeah, have you ever uh, bent a, a, no. metal, 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 a metal hanger? back okay, and yeah. forth until it gets hot and then it and then it goes apart sure that's what i was doing i was bending over improperly you're supposed to bend at the knees and i was bending at my waist constantly uh. measuring cutting picking it up and then finally it just uh it just broke because Ooh. of overuse jesus it's like the yeah. worst thing you yeah. could imagine almost yeah, pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty fantastic yeah i'm the annoying guy that hires someone to come do something at my house that i can't do and yeah. then I go, hey, just so you know, if I hire you, I get to be I get to be your worker today and I get to watch what you're doing. And <laughs> then I just man. ask more more questions than a kid has ever asked a dad in yeah. their life. <laughs> I mean, it's it's horrible because I'll be like, hey, how do you do this? How do you do this? Hey, what do you think about the new spicy uh, crispy chicken sandwiches at McDonald's? Hey, what do you think? <laughs> Want to go to a baseball game? Like it really gets sad after a while. <laughs> 
Yeah, my stepdad. My stepdad built houses for a living, and I remember when I when he was first hanging out with my mom, and I was like growing up, he would he would bring me along, you know, to like help. And then all of a sudden, that just stopped happening, and I always wondered why. <laughs> because... And now your neighbor's shower is leaking into your place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, he just gave up on that. <clears throat> well, Steve, uh, we both love you so much, man. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. Thanks thank for having you, me, guys. Thank you so much for doing this. And I'm, we're going to, you know, we always fluff the nuts of our guests, and this one's a really easy one because your comedy makes me laugh so fucking hard i have a joke you have a joke that you've never put on an album that i've been trying to steal from you for a decade and a half um but you're too you stever fever um make sure i don't fuck the title up the madison one because i'm gonna say Uh, on not in it's live on madison it's a a live on state a live on state because the club is state so a live on state stever fever they're both so fucking fantastic. Go Thank stream you, them, buy them, and then yeah. f- what's your Instagram and Twitter and all that shit? Uh, before that, I am gonna re- in the process of recording my third album too, so keep oh, an eye yeah. out for that. My Instagram is Comic Gillespie. That's re- really the one that I use the most. I'm not really on Twitter, um, so if you go Smart. Comic Gillespie. Smart. That's the that's really the one. And then my YouTube page, if you just search Steve Gillespie comedian, you'll find that. That's those are the places that I that I use the most for social media. Um, and my website's GillespieComedy.com. And I also have my own podcast, Writer's Block. Yes, check that yes, out. Yes, with with Robert Robert Burrill, who's Robert going to be Barrel. in Minneapolis at Acme. His first headlining week is going to be uh, that week of June, July. I think 20, 20, 29th to July third, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, so he's going to be there all week. Please go check that out. Buy tickets. It's going to be super funny. And then uh, you can go set off fireworks to celebrate his show on (laughs) Sunday the 4th. (laughs) Yeah. So so thanks again for being on. This was awesome. And it was great seeing you in Denver. I always love hanging out with you. And uh, uh, I can't wait till we do it again. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you sometime too, Cy. I hope you're uh, starting to feel better and hang in there, buddy. Don't I look great? I feel like I look great. You look all right. I got to go. You look good. (laughs) No, I got to go. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.